Hello, stupid. Hi, Tom. Hi, Sonia. How are you? Uh, good, 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 good. A little bit um, tired. I had to like a big busy day, but uh, I'm excited to record with you. I know. I saw your uh, little post gym selfie. <laughs> Feeling endorphins. Right. That's my that's my definition of a busy day. I did one activity today on a day off. That's one too much. Did you even work out if you didn't post about it? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Listen, it wasn't a gym selfie. It was a post-gym selfie, so progress. But those post-gym endorphins are something else. That glow that you feel after, you're like, oh my God, why don't I work out every day? Well, you know, it's because I hadn't been in the gym in so long. Like, it's actually quite embarrassing because I I guess I had a payment that didn't go through in October. All the other payments afterwards went through, but in October there's a payment for somehow that didn't go through. So when I scanned my card, I couldn't go in. So the girl at counter comes and she's like, oh, you have a payment that didn't go through. I was like, oh, can I just pay now? Yeah, no problem. And I'm like, that's weird. Like in October, like I'm sure I've came to the gym since. And she looks at me and she's like, well, it looks like your last time was September 30th. Ooh. I was like, the shame. oh, God. <laughs> But you know what? That sucks. And you have to pay for a whole month that you didn't go. Yeah, I guess. I guess and then like your November payment went through. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. But I mean, it's my own fault. I just I was too busy to go with uh, the move and work and everything. So it's my own fault. No, I feel you. I think ever since like summer is done, I lose my motivation as much. Mm. And then I'm like, oh, bulking season. <laughs> <laughs> right gotta keep warm exactly and then i find it again in may i'm like oh god summer's coming up but all this to say that i forgot how good it felt to like you know those endorphins afterwards like oh my god i just feel so relaxed and so nice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now i feel you i um i did have a little bit of a workout a couple of days ago yesterday i did like a super long walk Think about like in total, my watch said I walked about 16 kilometers. So proud of myself. Okay. So when I was like maybe like late 20s, um, I had a doctor ask me if like I was physically active. I'm like, well, I'm not working out like right now or anything. I don't play any sports, but like I like to take walks. Like I take like really long walks like every night, stuff like that. He's like, that you're way too young for that to count as physical activity. (laughs) Oh my God. So savage. I was like, wow. Yeah, he's like, no, you know, maybe like people in their 50s, 60s, you know, I'll tell them to walk to stay active. But you're in like late 20s. You need to do more. But you know what? I feel like kids these days, like, I'd be surprised if they even walk that much. Mm, yeah. You know? Like back in the day, I feel like you'd see kids outside playing on the streets and stuff like that all the time. And now you barely see that. Okay, how old are you? <laughs> Kids these days on their <laughs> computers and laptops. <laughs> iPad generation. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, okay. So speaking of when you were, what did you say, 14 years old? No. About your doctor's late, appointment? Late, late 20s. No, no, no. 
Uh, when did you have your doctor's appointment when your doctor's? I thought you said 14 years old. No, no, late 20s. Oh, late 20s. Okay, well, speaking about when you were in your early 20s. Okay, when you were a kid, I have a little icebreaker for you. Oh, yeah, icebreaker. What did you want to be when you grew up or when you were growing up? Like, what was your first memory of you being like, I want to be this? The first one? First one. Oh, first memory of what you wanted to be. You can go through the whole cycle of what you wanted to be, but. I wanted to be a baker. No way. I didn't know that about you. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to be a baker for a while, for a long time, actually. Interesting. Do you even like to bake that much? I now? love to bake. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, I hate the cleanup, but I love mm -hmm. to bake. Nice. Mm -hmm. What is your baking good of choice? <laughs> um. Okay. So there's um this like website called munchies they mm -hmm. have this recipe for cardamom cinnamon rolls yeah they are the best thing ever they are so so good oh yeah so those are really really nice um otherwise oh um i don't know if you know dessert person no. um she's a youtuber what's her name claire something um anyways justin got me her book and she has uh white miso biscuits that sounds amazing they are so good i like i'll make stew just to have an opportunity to make like white miso biscuits yeah okay my one beef with baking i do like like baking every now and then i think we all got a lot more into it during covid but my beef with baking is the amount of sugar and butter you have to add sometimes oh my god well that's my French roots, darling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it even food if there isn't half a pound of butter in it? Okay, I can't do it. And I get so stressed. So I remember making like date squares during COVID. And I was like, no way am I adding a full stick of butter in this. And like dates are already so sweet. Oh, right? butter, you said. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So then I was like, well, it's just like fatty, right? And mm. I didn't. And then it was not a date square. <laughs> like, because you need, I guess, that to like bind it. Yeah, no. Yeah, Thanks it was for really the bad. taste. But I made good carrot cake. I made zucchini bread. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not a huge baker. So what was the first uh, um, career path you wanted when you were a child? Man, I was all over the place. I think I would say a teacher. Really? I think I wanted to be a teacher growing up. And then I went interior designer. Oh, um, yeah, that was a, I had that face too. Yeah, I think it was, I just watched too much HGTV. And then my sister would, wanted to be an architect. So I was like, okay, you be an architect. I'll be an interior designer. We're going to open up like a That's so company. funny. I wanted to be an architect. That was my second one. No way. Yeah, yeah. Okay, wait. So... Um, teacher how did you feel uh about um training because we trained together how did you feel about training i do like it like i like being a trainer i i yeah it gave me teacher-esque vibes the reason i wanted to be a teacher i think was like when i was like in elementary or middle school i was a teacher's pet oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so it was like oh like you know like I want to be like her when I grow up almost. <laughs> um, and then... They were your idols. Exactly. And I think... Um, but then I went to high school where like being teacher's pet was not cool. So I was like, no way am I teacher's pet. And then you just see also your teachers get like harassed. And... Oh, yeah. 
Imagine teaching high school. Oh, no. Nightmare. Absolutely not. Right? And then like under grade like four or five, I feel like they're so young. I would have wanted to specifically do like grade six, seven, and eight. Or hmm. even six and seven. Who um, – I, I, I know you had someone specific in mind when you said like I want to be like her. Who who was your favorite teacher? Her name was Miss Law. Slaw? Uh, like Cosla? No, Miss Law. L-A-W. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. I think that was grade five. Uh, I'll never forget you, Miss Law. If you're listening out there. (laughs) Oh, for sure she's not. (laughs) I know. One day. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I didn't know that about you either. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I guess I foreshadowed to who I've become today. Has it? Like, I guess, like, when I went into training and I became a trainer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> you're like, what? <laughs> um, yeah. So, but that, that was my question. Like, was it um, a, like, aha moment for you? Like, ah, oh, this is just what I was always meant to be? Or like, oh, maybe I was right not to follow that path. <laughs> um, no, I don't. Um, like, I mean, I could see myself going back into it for sure. But it is also very different I think like teaching adults as opposed to teaching like kids like they're not in awe of you like the way I was of Miss Lala you know um so I think it's kind of different and we were together with whoever we trained for only seven weeks so um as opposed to like a year but I do I, I find it very rewarding at the end of the day like you help these people blossom into something and then yeah like I did like that aspect um of it but you know what i I find fascinating about sorry go ahead oh i just said i could see myself going back into it oh yeah yeah me too i think what i found fascinating about teaching adults is that some classroom dynamics are like the same with adults and with kids like you still very much have you know teachers pets and like suck ups and they like still like look up to you so much (laughs) that is true yeah it is yeah yeah, no for sure it's that is funny to think about like adult learning at the end of the day they do still like act like high schoolers sometimes yeah 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 (laughs) Yeah, i got to live out my little teacher dream for half a year and i enjoyed that it was fun i had a lot of fun with it too yeah and you know i guess the best part was that like when we had a class we weren't alone. We had like me and Tom were co-instructors. So I like that. Like you weren't alone with a like you weren't responsible of the class the whole yeah. eight hours. Yeah. That was great. It would have could you imagine it would have been exhausting otherwise. Yeah. I don't know how real teachers do it. No. And they're also underpaid. Yep. Um, well, speaking of learning, are you ready to learn about something new? Yes, what do you have in store for me? I feel like we're going completely blind this week. I don't know <laughs> what it is at all. Actually, even before starting researching for this episode, I had very, very little knowledge about this. So I'm very excited to share with you. Um, have you heard of the Paris Catacombs? Not until last week when you told me that's what you're doing. And I was like, huh? <laughs> You weren't supposed to say that part. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, well, I mean, a lot of cities in Europe have catacombs. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you visited any? 
No, I don't think so. No? Because a lot of them are like open for public. But um, but the Paris Catacombs got really, really a lot of traction online um, in the last month or so because uh, there's a TikToker that did a, a video that went viral. Okay. And it was basically a reaction video of someone going into the catacombs. Mm-hmm. And her reaction was like, do not do that. Right? So she's... um. She she lives in Paris, but she's uh, uh, American, I guess, because her handle is American Fee. Mm-hmm. Um, and her video got like more than like forty million views. Oh wow! Yeah. So, um, what she says. So apparently, when you know, you can you can make the red contacts, and you can like kind of find a secret entrance to the catacombs um, and into the the tunnel network. And you go in there with like an unofficial map that you found uh, that someone someone got got you, and and with your flashlight. But what she said, and I guess what really got people to react so strongly is that you'll all of a sudden someone will run up to you down there and snatch your map and snatch your flashlight and leave you stranded, and Wait, you'll be what? lost because it's deep deep underground, completely dark. Okay, so. I feel like I need a definition of catacombs because, like, I just, like, I have, like, a cartoon version in my head. Okay. So, we will get into it in great detail. Okay, perfect. I'm like, hold up. But just for context for for what I just said, um, basically, uh, in Paris, they refer to the catacombs. um, But what they refer to as the catacombs is actually a huge network of tunnels under the city Mm -hmm. that, like, are abandoned. And there's secret entrances to it all over the city. But it's also catacombs because there's lots of dead bodies down there. Oh, my God. So, like, it's just, like, people, it's just, like, is it is it, like, people buried down there? Is it, like, a cemetery? Or is it just uh, people's uh, remains just left and appearing out of there? No, 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 no. It's definitely a cemetery. Okay. So, yeah. So, I'll, I'll um, actually, I guess I, I should just get into it right away. Um so basically, so in the middle of the 18th century, Paris began to have a really, really big problem. Um, it's one; it was one of the largest cities in Europe at that point, and was growing really, really fast. And people were dying, obviously, and the cemeteries in the city were literally overflowing. Oh my god! Yeah, um, and. It was a problem to the point where, you know, it literally smelled of rotting flesh in the city, in some area specifically, right? So, you know, this the there's there was neighborhoods that 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 smelled like rotting flesh, and it was obviously like a a public health risk, like a hazard. Yeah. Um, and some of the neighborhoods were even like the. The, the, the biggest like, biggest food market, you know. Oh, gross! So it was a, it was a problem, right? So they had to to find a, a way to to deal with with the dead in the city limits, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to give you an idea, one of the the biggest cemeteries, Cimetière des Innocents, it's the largest in the city limits. It had over two million bodies already. Oh my god! Yeah. And when you add the body count of all the other cemeteries, mm-hmm. 
uh, came to a total of uh, six million bodies. Holy. I'm guessing this is like before people realize like you can just like cremate people. <laughs> like we don't have to bury them. Well, no, it's not before they realize. It's just uh, it's a religious thing. True. Yeah. Right. So it's how they were disposing of them. I, that's a good question, actually, because, you know, I don't know much about like cremation and crematoriums. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that like there's a there's in some cultures like you know some very ancient cultures they, they definitely burned their deads um in hinduism we burn our um our dead deads. that's such yeah. a weird way to put it <laughs> <laughs> um what and it's not a recent thing right no so i think it's more like a, a traditional and a, and a religious thing yeah that they there was a specific way of disposing of bodies right mm-hmm. so the the bodies needed to be dug up and relocated um, it was one of the largest relocation of bodies in history. Um, but since there were religious burials, it has to be, it had to be done also like respectfully in, in some form of religious ritual. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So the, the city, um, luckily already had basically the infrastructure to put the bodies on, sorry, underground because Paris was built on top of a vast network of tunnels oh, that were okay. basically um, the quarries for when they dug up the limestone to build the city. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that either. Yeah, me neither. I found out when I was doing my research. So basically, the the, the limestone with which, with which they built the city was sitting right under the city. So there was already a huge uh, network of tunnels mm-hmm. over 320 kilometers. Wow. Yeah, so about 200 miles. Um, but they were not super stable. There was a big problem with the tunnels. Um, they, they were crumbling into sinkholes, um, under the weight of the growing city and like big sinkholes, like as big as like entire buildings being swallowed sometimes. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So that was also a problem at the same time. So they already had to be refurbished anyways. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like a one bird, two stone situation. Mm-hmm. So in the 1777, uh, the king's architect was giving the task to like stabilize the entire network. And I mean, he pulled it off without much of a hassle. They don't went like no nowhere. I saw much details of how he pulled it off, but he did. He pulled it off. And now there was a stable 320 kilometers of dark tunnel maze under the sea. That's insane. Right. So then they just decided, well, that's where we're going to put the dead. Um, which, like, w- when I was reading this, one thing that came to my mind was, like, why did they have to keep them in the city? But I, I guess, like, like where else? like Yeah, like, I mean, like, I get the religious aspect of, like, okay, we're, they don't burn them, they bury them. But it's, like is it still the same if you're moving the body now putting it underground right and it's and like, like there's so much more you can do with the bodies and at this point are the bodies already um decomposed like is there yeah in various state of decomposition because it's it's over time right so some are like just skeletons some are buried in the last 50 years mm-hmm. like yeah so it's very varying states of decomposure and um, I don't know if I'm jumping the gun here, but is it like 
are they like is this a certain class of people no so no, this can it be was... for the rich your royalty you, your body's found in a uh, cemetery and they're like take them to the tunnel from what I understood, it was every cemetery inside of the city limits. Okay. Right? It was a problem that was, you know, beyond um, that. And, you know, there was laws put in place that you could no longer bury anyone in inside the city limits after a certain time because of mm -hmm. this problem. Um, but uh, there's cemeteries outside of the city that were still active, mm -hmm. that are still active. Um, and I know there's some very famous cemeteries still in place in Paris that you can go visit where like some presidents and some famous poets are, are buried and stuff like that also. Mm -hmm. So I'm not quite sure about that. That's a really good question. Um, but mostly no, no one could be buried in the city. Wow. Yeah. So by 1795, they started to move all the bodies. So dead Parisians were being dug up every night and transferred into the tunnels. Mm -hmm. A priest would join every wagon load, and I, I highlighted the word wagon load because the imagery of it in my mind was just right? like, oh my god. I'm imagining like a horse carriage full of dead bodies and bones, and then a poor little priest just sitting at the front. Yeah, sitting in front and chanting the Office of the Dead prayer to make sure that they would keep resting in peace. Oh, Okay. So that was done very ceremoniously and respectfully. Mm -hmm. However, the underground part, they were basically just dumped into the tunnels. Wow. Without any ceremony. So above ground was very respectful, but below ground dumped like, you know, like just, I don't know, I, like it's just bones and flesh and, you know, like little chicken wings into a garbage bin. Wow. Right? Insane. Um, it took two years of overnight work to finish the transfer of the 6 million bodies. And over time, they continued to move bodies um, until the 1859. I think I have the date here. So almost the 1900s. Wow. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So then on top of the cemeteries, did they start now building things or they just kept it as cemeteries? Very good question. I think um, I say very good question because I don't have the answer. Yeah. Because I, I didn't look into that. I know there's some cemeteries that are still there. Um, I, I'm i going to Google that really quick. Actually, while I'm talking, maybe you can Google it. I would imagine that they just built on top of them since they were empty now. Yeah. Do... Can you, like, I feel like there's so much potential for disturbing peace of the dead and for um, creating, like, haunted situation in all this. A hundred percent. There's no way those catacombs are not haunted. <laughs> right? Um, and also, like, like you said, like, the grounds that were cemeteries that people got dug out of. Well, like you can't just do a playground on that if afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Oh, imagine. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to look it up now. No, nothing. It was a really long time Not ago. Not much. So. Yeah. I would imagine they built on top of it. Yeah. I'm going to go with that. I'm gonna or like, you know what? Knowing 
the way like you know cost of land is especially if like there's so many people dying now it's like you have to buy a plot before you die and your inheritance pays out in there you know but like in 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 european cities like you can't you know that's a lot of real estate going unused once all the bodies have been dug out yeah right yeah yeah um okay so now you have dark tunnels with piles of bone and rotting flesh and nothing much happening for a while mm-hmm. um until pretty much the french Re- revolution so um while all this is happening the french revolution happens also um i won't go into a history lesson here but the monarchy falls and napoleon bonaparte rises to power okay do you know a little bit about Napoleon? I don't think so, in all honesty. That's fine. Um, one of Napoleon's belief was that men are only as great as the monuments that they leave behind. Oh, my God. So that was his thing, that to prove your value, you had to build big, impressive monuments and public pieces of arts that will surpass the passage of time, right? Mm-hmm. Which, fun fact, that's where the expression... Uh, Napoleon complex is from. Oh, okay. Which you know what that means, Napoleon complex? I'm guessing like the complex of being God, like you want to be memorialized? No, it's like overly compensating for a shortcoming somewhere. Okay. Especially he was very short, right? So it's often referring to short people um, like with like big big fancy cars for example yeah like that, right he was like um, a definition of a short king yeah kind of yeah <laughs> <laughs> except he wasn't a king um so okay so he he was already with all these ideas of you know wanting to um leave uh, very impressive uh, infrastructures and, and things behind after his said so that he would be remembered by, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he knew that Rome already had a great system of catacombs that was very popular with the tourists. So he was like, okay, well, wait a minute. We also have a lot of dead bodies and tunnels here. Let's open that up to tourists. No way. Mm-hmm. So... He commissioned the refurbishing, basically, of the the catacombs um, so that it could be open to the public. Catacomb walking tours? Yeah. That's so funny, but also terrifying. Uh, Well, that's you can definitely do that in many European cities. Interesting. Have you? No, not yet. Would you? 100%. I don't know. I don't know if I could have that many dead bodies around me. (laughs) <laughs> that's like doing a that's like doing a seance in a cemetery. You know, you're asking for it almost. You're okay, asking well, to be haunted. Okay, hold that thought because it gets worse. Oh no. So the workers were sent down there, uh, basically to make it pretty. Because remember, they just dumped everything willy nilly. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had huge piles of bones on the ground to deal with. So what they did is that they made their way through slowly, rearranging the bones along the walls into like fun patterns and mosaic Mm -hmm. okay so that's where like those pictures of like the skulls and everything the cartoon image that i have in my head so if you want to go to the drive i have some uh, some pictures ready for you okay 
Okay, so as you can see um, in the three first pictures, it's kind of how they arrange the bones. And it's very, you know, keep in mind, like those are like just mix, mix, mix match of like bunch of different bodies. None of them are identified. Um, yeah. And they're arranged, they basically, they lined the walls with tibias and femurs and they punctuated them with um, skulls here and there um, as if they were, you know, putting pretty tiles together. Yeah, they made a good pattern out of it. Yeah, they they're made, all like, they made... like the bones are all kind of like facing the one way. All the skulls are mostly facing one way. Yeah. Well, it's it, it's like very um, aesthetic oriented. Um, mm -hmm. And it was made to be pleasing and also kind of like creepy and macabre for the tourists. Mm, yeah. They arranged the bone in different shapes at different places also. Sometimes they were uh, arranged in hearts, in circle, or in uh, death heads. Death heads is like the um, the pirate skull and bones thing. Oh, okay. So just like a cross of the bones and then a skull right on top of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then they put plaques and signs um, and they carved some arrows in the ceiling mm -hmm. um, to help people navigate because it is a maze down there. And don't forget at this point, um, flashlight has not been invented. Um, oh my God. This is all visits under candlelight. That's insane. Could you imagine? It would be so surreal. Imagine that being your job there. Like you go down there, you're picking through all like people's dead bones, dead bodies, bones. Yeah. And then arranging it in a pattern. Like, is this aesthetically pleasing enough for you? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And then they open to the public. Um, mind you, only two kilometers of the entire tunnel network, which is 320 kilometers, is yeah. open to the public. Okay. They've also put up at the entrance uh, the very uh, now famous sign that reads Arrête, c'est ici l'Empire de la Mort. Which means in English, stop, this is the Empire of Death. That's insane. Do you see that, that sign on the, on the I drive? I see it. I would turn around if I saw ah! that. <laughs> right? And I love how it's like, stop, don't enter. But it's literally was put there uh, to attract tourists. It's like Halloween decoration, you know, kind like of, which is a bit of a disrespectful way to handle today. Yeah, for sure. Right? That is, um, he's yeah, he definitely like made this a touristic action of a cemetery. You would never do this in a cemetery. No, no, you know. Um, but it was a big hit with the tourists. Oh, um, and then you like I said the the visits were under candlelights, mm -hmm. um, and you know it drew a lot of people to 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 come come and see them. Um, there was I didn't get too much into it because it was not that interesting. But over the years, because this was you know a long time ago, uh, early eighteen hundreds, right? But over the years, there was a lot of uh, closing it to public, reopening it to public, closing it to public, reopening it to public. Some of it was uh, pressure from the church to close it. Some of it was because the infrastructures weren't safe um, and stuff like that, right? But to this day, like today, it is definitely open to public for both guided and self-guided tours. Oh, self-guided. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's just the two kilometers. Correct. Just the two kilometers. Okay. 
Yeah. Um, almost immediately, though, after opening it, um, people started to enter the tunnel network illegally because there is entrance to this tunnel network all over the city. Yeah, the 320 kilometers. Exactly. And the bones arranged like this are just a two-kilometer portion, but there is six million bodies down there. Like there's bodies oh all God, over yeah. it, right? Um, so people would uh, enter it and host a bunch of uh, um, underground events and parties. Apparently, oh uh, King Charles V had a lot of parties down there. Um, oh, my God. In the 18, 18, year 1897, I struggle with years and big numbers so much. <laughs> <laughs> Musicians held a concert down there um, and they played, uh, uh, among others, Chopin's Funeral March. Oh. <laughs> Which, yeah. How um, does that go? Oh, the Funeral March? Yeah. I, I'm not going to hum the funeral march on here. Let's insert a clip here. Okay. <laughs> We're not doing that either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm editing. That's not happening. <laughs> um, but yeah, people people would visit the catacombs illegally and legally and, and steal bones. And, and to this, you can see a lot of spots where like the skulls are missing. Oh, and at no. first they would like replace them, but eventually they just gave up and just like, well, I guess there's no more skulls there. And I can totally imagine people like vandalizing it, like graffiti on them and stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, a lot, a lot of graffitis. Like graffitis. Like, like S plus A on a skull's head. Can you imagine. <laughs> wow. Um. So, would you go? Honestly, well, I feel like we're getting to the fact that there's haunted and there's ghosts there, and people have died there. I'm gonna hold. I'm not gonna tell you about that right away, but just with okay, the. But I that feel like now. that is gonna be something that's gonna come up, and knowing that I'm, I can foreshadow it right now, and I don't think I'd go there. <laughs> if it was like, if it was like, you know, like a museum esque esque vibe, then maybe I would. Like maybe during the day. Well, I think it is though. I think the 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 portion went where you pay for and it's open to public. I think it is. Okay, maybe I'd do that, but I wouldn't go like by myself. I wouldn't go to a party down there. I'm not go to a seance down there. Um, have you ever done like in your youth, like breaking into places you shouldn't have, or? Yeah, I think we've broken into um, like a school bus once. Like a school bus. So like the back of the school bus, like you know, like that emergency oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. exit door at the back. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. like apparently like that's left open technically because it's an emergency exit so um me and my friends used to go sit on school buses that's so fun um <laughs> go play in like forests and stuff like that and i don't think i've ever breaking into an actual house do you did you ever like um do like uh well i guess not ghost hunting but like ouija board and seances like seances and stuff um no, I think I remember once like we were moving and like my friend, I was like telling my friends and we're like, yeah, let's totally do it. But I don't think like at my house that we were moving out of. Um, but I don't think we actually did that. No, we didn't. I know we didn't. Um, no, I don't think I've ever done one. I feel like you have, though. Oh, I have. Oh, 100% I have. I love Yeah, you're going to do one tonight. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, no, I don't think I would do it again in a place where I 
live because it didn't go so well last time. Yeah. But, I feel um, like Justin would hate that if he oh, found Justin out. Oh, Justin absolutely would not like it. As much as like he's very much of a septic about these things, yeah. he still would not like it at all. Yeah. Um, but also like, yeah, there was like abandoned houses that we broke into as kids. We did like little like, when we were like teenagers, like not even like 12 or something, like paranormal investigating with a camera into like some abandoned houses and stuff like that. That's so funny. I think I still have the footage of that. I should ask my brother. Oh my God, yes. Yeah. So I love all these things. So like I would be way into like going there, like even by like an unofficial entrance and stuff like that. I totally feel like you'd be like, oh, I'm going to go for a walk and just like look for this by yourself. Like... (laughs) <laughs> or just randomly like how did I end up here I was not paying attention for the last 20 minutes and all of a sudden I'm into some dark yeah. times I was looking for somewhere to pee <laughs> <laughs> oh god on a skull yeah um, okay so there's there's a big community of um, urban explorers who are referred to as the cataphils cataphiles I guess Okay. Sorry, like, because it's like some of this in French and stuff like that, my accent's going to be all over the place with this. Uh, No, this is perfect. No one better to be telling us an episode about France. Right. So, yeah, the cataphiles, they're um, uh, like urban explorers who go into the catacombs illegally. They have their own entry spots. Um, They're typically, however, very respectful and protective of the tunnels. Okay. Um, they're highly organized. Uh, they have created maps and they share knowledge among themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, 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 they maintain the some rooms also, and they'll clean and paint some rooms. Um, oh. They'll organize parties. They'll also just go on exploring, um, like hunts, hunts, um, and they also can offer some unofficial tours. Okay. So if you're like connected and you know um, someone who knows someone, you could get like someone to, to take you down there. Wow. Um, because going in blind is very dangerous. And like that community of people will stress that, like do not do this if you don't have the experience because it's easy to get lost. It's completely dark. It's a maze of tunnels. Um, some places are partially or or fully flooded oh no there's some occasional cave-ins um just a bunch of hazards um and also you know there's some people that you know might not want to be witnessed down there so people committing crimes and stuff yeah or you know just some some secret sketchy meetings happening um there's some a little bit of grave digging, although not that much anymore, because I don't think there's much more valuables down there. Um, but you know, some of the it's sometimes used as a hiding spot for 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 criminals or some escape routes. Mm-hmm. And there's also a lot of secret parties, which you know, I feel like if you stumble across a party, then you know you just start partying, but. You but know. it's not like a cute like wine and cheese night. Like these people are probably doing like hard drugs and, and like rave and exactly, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly, right. Um, this I found was fascinating. There's also a whole uh, uh, prefect of the uh, Paris police dedicated to 
the catacombs that oh, to wow. like patrolling the catacombs mm-hmm. and they are referred to as a cataflix wow. um flicks in 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 french is like uh, slang for cops for 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 police it's like cops okay so cataflix so they patrol the 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 catacombs um you're not in big trouble if you're found down there to be honest like they give you a fine of like 60 euros i think oh wow yeah um but they do find a lot of crazy stuff down there so in 2004 they found a fully furnished and functional movie theater what yeah <laughs> so there was the secret entrance behind like a under construction sign um at the entrance there was some closed circuit cameras that were like automatically recording everyone that would walk by like they would they would be triggered by someone walking by and it would start recording them and there was also like some some sound of some dogs barking that would be triggered to like scare people oh off. my god it's like a movie theater speakeasy yeah in a tunnel in a in in deep underground tunnel um but then when you continue down the tunnel there's an amphitheater with a full-size cinema screen bunch of projection equipment um, tapes of many genres of film. There was like some film noir classics, but also some really re- recent thrillers. Wow. One thing that I thought was interesting is that none of the films down there that they found were like banned films or like any offensive films. So it's not like snuff films or or like weird porn or whatever. Um, there was a rest- restaurant with a bar. What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They say like they found some whiskey bottles, a bunch of other spirits, a pressure cooker for making couscous, <laughs> which they specified in the article that I read, like making couscous with the pressure cooker. So That's maybe there's so some, some leftover couscous in there. Yeah. Um, the electrical wiring was made very professionally. There was three working phone lines. Wow. And this is the part that like, creeped me out so much so then they found all this like the the patrolling cops went back to the surface and came back three days later with some experts um some like electricity experts basically to 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 trace the source of the power but when they came down when they came back down three days later everything had been taken down no there was nothing left except a note on the floor saying do not try to find us Oh my god! Isn't that wicked? <laughs> That's what? insane. Wait, so what year was this again? Two thousand four. Oh my god! This is Banksy's doing. That's crazy, right? It's like I think that's a good point, though. I think like Paris has a lot of like those underground stuff going on. Yeah. Um, literally underground in this case. Um, and no one's ever like spoken up and taking accountability for it. There's so no like rumors. That's that's interesting that you brought that up. There is a, a group called UX um, that stands for Urban Experimenters or Urban Experiment that claim that they were responsible for it, mm-hmm. but it's widely disputed and and people pretty much think that it's not true. That it's not them because the people who were responsible for it clearly did not want to be found so it's weird that they would come back and claim that it was their doing Mm -hmm. Um, and also didn't 
provide any proof that it was them who did it. Okay. I am going to apologize in advance if you hear some light purring. To be comforting, but my cat just jumped on my lap. Hi, Tequila. And it was so close to the desk. I was like, there's no way she'll make it up here. So I was just ignoring her and she made it in here. She's not comfortable at all, but she just started purring. That's okay. She can hang out with us. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's um, one thing that's going down there. Um, another thing that was really um, interesting is there's some mushroom farming in the catacombs. So, Gross. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, apparently not. So apparently it's disputed like who exactly discovered this. But in the early 1800s, um, some farmer discovered that button mushrooms, you know, those white button mushrooms, mm-hmm. um, which they call Paris mushrooms there, they grow better underground. Oh. Right? So then they started farming them into the tunnels, which has kind of a steady temperature all year round which meant that you could farm the the mushrooms all year round as well and like have crop all year round. Um, So this caught on and by the 18, I have so many dates. I struggle so much. 1880. You can say one, eight, four, five. (laughs) I might. No one will judge. (laughs) Everyone will judge, but that's why, you know, 1880, over 300 mushroom farmers were in the tunnel producing um, a thousand tons of Parisian mushroom every year. Wow. Yeah. And they had developed like ways to control the air temperature and the moisture in certain areas. And um, um, I don't think as many now, now most mushrooms come from outside of, of Paris, but there's still some um, mushrooms being farmed that way. Not, legally i don't believe or like it's kind of a gray area mm-hmm. but it is um it is widely accepted that like authentic paris mushrooms so mushrooms from the catacombs are a delicacy and supposedly like far superior tasting mushroom that the the button mushrooms that you find elsewhere so oh, some restaurants God. will pay like big butts to serve um, um catacomb mushrooms paris mushrooms yeah oh my god Wow, I right? Guess it's the DK matter in there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would produce a very fertile ground. Oh god. <laughs> I don't know about it. Yeah. Um, before I get into the sinister stuff, something else that I found was interesting. There's a uh, this is very recently actually. There's a tech startup called Scenario focused on um, location-based metaverse. Mm-hmm. Um, that partnered up with some Cataphil, um and started 3D mapping the turn tunnels with their iPhone 12. So they just scan like every meter of the tunnels slowly and create a digital copy that you can then travel through from your computer. That's insane. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. So I went to play on their on their website a little bit, and there's not much there right now. And I really hope that they keep, they follow through with the project and like they keep mapping it. Although I could imagine there would be some pushback from um, the underground community that might not want that. Mm-hmm. But it is pretty cool that you can, and like 
the portions that are there, when you see they are full of like, like you can tell that people go there frequently. There's like so many graffiti. There's some space that have some lighting. There's some, you know, some place that are clearly, um, uh, you know, maintained. Okay. Yeah. That's so fun. So like, do you, like, does it say how much of the 320 kilometers have they done? No. Okay. So that's the other interesting thing is that it's very um, non, not reported on and very secretive because it's, it's, it's very, very, it's, they do a very good job at gatekeeping it. Yeah. Right. So let's go a little bit into the, the more sinister stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. There was some deaths. Um, yeah, let's talk about Philibert Asper. So uh-huh. this man was born uh, April 30, 13th, 1732. A long, long time ago. Um, and he died sometimes around November 1793. When he disappeared, he disappeared around that time. So he was a doorkeeper for the Val de Grasse Hospital during the French Revolution, and he entered the catacomb through a staircase in the hospital courtyard. They don't really know why he went in it, um, but there is some that believe that he went looking for a stash of alcohol because okay. during World War Two. The catacombs were used as hideouts, um, as well as places to hide possessions away from from the Nazi. Mm-hmm. Right. So he went in there. Now, mind you, still no flashlight with candlelight, I would suppose. Mm-hmm. And he was never to be seen for another eleven years. He was his body was found eleven years later. The only way they could identify him is because he had the key ring of the hospital because he was like the doorkeeper for the hospital. Um, And they found him dead with a bottle of liquor in his hands. So he probably got lost um, and died from, you know, just exposure, I guess. Yeah. Or I want to say dehydration, but like he had liquor, but I guess that still counts. (laughs) Starvation. Starvation, yeah, exactly. But the really, really messed up part is that his body was found 10 feet from the exit. He was so close to the exit, but still completely lost. Okay, so hold up. I'm so confused. So he went in by himself, as people think. They prob- like The story probably came out after his body was discovered, right? No, he was reported missing. But how did they know he went to the catacombs? Oh, yeah, 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 probably. So I think what I'm like, how does his body was found 11 years later? Because there's still people who explore the, 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 like the. No one went in this part until 11 years. That's quite possible. Yeah. Because it's a vast, vast, vast network. And this is a part that you can enter through the hospital's courtyard. So it's probably not an easy part to enter secretly. Yeah, that's insane. And like, but like, you know, it could also be that like someone killed him and framed, like, you know, put his body there. 
I mean, it could, but there would be some signs of foul play. True, yeah. But then again, you know, you have a, you make a point, good point. Like this was in the 1700s mm-hmm. or like the early 1800s that we just found. So they probably couldn't do like... Um... Forensics, I don't know, the states of like forensics investigation at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is... The way this story is reported everywhere is that he got lost um, and couldn't find his way back, but he was only 10 feet away. That's insane. Right. Or maybe a spirit took over his body and he was trying to escape and then he fought the spirit and okay, well, killed himself to sacrifice for the spirit to get out and kill the whole population of the that, world. That is the perfect segue for this next story. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so in the 1990s, so the 1990s, um, a video camera with some footage on it was found in the catacombs. Um, the tape was the point of view of a cameraman holding the camera and exploring the tunnels with a flashlight. Mm-hmm. So at first it's calm and investigative. He's just... You know, he he observed some wall painting, some bones. He's walking through. Then his breathing gets louder and anxious. He starts walking faster. He's looking nervously around and like pointing the cameras at every corner. Um, he's acting invisibly scared. And then he starts running as if he's being chased. Oh, my God. Eventually, he drops the camera, probably so that he can run faster. Um, And the camera just lies on the ground on the side in a puddle. And you see him, like, just sprint away in the dark. Oh. So they found that camera with that footage. Um, They have no idea who, who, who the camera and who the footage belonged to, who the person was. That's um, apparently it was found in one of the deepest corners of the catacomb, one of the creepiest corners. And the man, yeah, was never identified. And we don't know what happened to it. That is insane. That that reminds me of like one of my favorite like horror movies, like the Blair Witch Project. Yes. Oh my god, I love that movie too. They should have a um catacombs of paris that like, footage yeah yeah uh, actually that would be great setting for even like a sequel or something right um but that's interesting you say that because this was presented this footage on a very um you know creepy places paranormal i don't remember the show but it was on an american like creepy places around the world show mm-hmm. um and they make it sound very sinister, but it might not be all that sinister at all. Um, first of all, maybe the guy just made it back to the surface and just never went back for his camera. Um, maybe he wasn't spooked or chased by anything, but he just started panicking because he was deep uh, underground, alone, claustrophobic, in the dark, right? And just started realizing that he was lost. Mm-hmm. Maybe but, someone planted this there because it's a cool haunting footage. Also that, yeah. I feel like that's, that would be more of 
uh, prank in like today though than it was in the 90s because like found footage and stuff like that wasn't much a thing Mm -hmm. then but could be yeah still though very disturbing to watch Mm -hmm. Um, it's on YouTube if you want to watch it later it's really interesting you watched it yeah yeah yeah. it's like a minute and a half okay maybe I will yeah (laughs) before it gets dark (laughs) Um, then in 2017 two teenagers were went missing in the catacombs um and they were rescued after three days uh missing a 16 year old and a 17 year old um and they were located by um a crew with dogs and everywhere i read about them they kept saying like this was thanks to the dogs if it wasn't for the dogs we would never have found them oh good puppies um but they went missing for three days. Teenagers. Oh Can you imagine? That's so scary. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. like no food or water. No. And then let alone that, but you're stuck with bodies, dead bodies everywhere. In like a very disoriented dark maze. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> they were treated for hypothermia, but otherwise they were completely fine. Wow. Um, the temperature they said down there is around 15 degrees Celsius. Year, year round. Oh, wow. Right? Um, and then there is the story of the TikTok map snatchers. Right? Yeah, um, what you started with. Exactly. Yeah. So that's whole thing, that whole, the, the catacombs are getting a lot, a lot of traction right now because of that, um, that story, that, that, that viral post, right? Now, TikTokers run everything. Oh my god! Yes, I'm joking. No hate towards TikTokers. I <laughs> hate um, what's what I was expecting to find was all these horror stories when I started this research, right? So, I mean, fortunately or unfortunately, it's widely accepted that it's just an urban legend that no one is will steal your map and your flashlight. Okay. Well, sort of. So there's no, no one lives down there. Um, but the cataphils will spend a night or two every now and then um, for, you know, exploring or just for upkeeping of their spots or for having parties, right? Um, but the experienced cataphils, like, they're not stupid. They know that creating an environment where um, accidents will occur will attract very unwanted attention on on the places and closure of the entrances, mm-hmm. right? Um, they're also not evil. You know, they don't wish to harm anyone. As a matter of fact, like they often will assist cops in search and rescue missions. Mm-hmm. Um, and they try to warn people against going if you're not experienced. Mm-hmm. It's a, you know... Um, People exploring and taking care of the catacombs has been going on for a long, 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 long time. Like it's not a new phenomenon, right? So they they have their own code of ethics, if you want. You know, they're also they're they are protective of the place. Um, so you know, if they found you there, they might you know escort you out. Um, they 
are known to play pranks and to haze newcomers sometimes, mm-hmm. um, often with smoke bombs. Oh, God. Can you imagine? That would still be very terrifying. <laughs> that would be so scary, especially in like a cave yeah. that you can get disoriented in full yeah. of dead bodies. Right, exactly. But usually they do this in areas that aren't dangerous, where you wouldn't have a hard time to find a way out. Mm-hmm. And they'll do this on busy nights also, um, where there's a lot of people around to help you if you get lost. Um, which I was interesting. Uh, it was interesting to see, like, oh, busy nights. Like, there's there's like peaks and like, like there's a lot of people. There's enough people to go down there for there to be like high traffic nights kind of thing. Yeah, it's wild, right? Um, but like there's you go for a little mixer at the catacombs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's been um, a few stories. One uh, YouTuber in particular. Um. Of that hired uh, like a t- cataphil as a guide, um, and that he took them down there, and then stole all their shit and left them stranded. Okay. Right. So that did happen. Um, there's a few stories here and there of stuff happening like that, mm-hmm. but uh, it's very frowned upon and condemned within the community of the the, the cataphils themselves. And um, that person that did that to to the tourists, um, like apparently doesn't even go down there anymore, has been like shunned by the community. Oh, okay. Right? Um, so most of the, the really sinister stuff I was looking into um, turned out to be urban legends, basically. Wow. Um, I'm surprised. Right? It's like, I find it even more shocking that that space exists without any serious problems and consequences than the opposite. I think more like, I'm surprised that there's no like haunting legends of like a lady with no eyes that will come visit you if you go down this tunnel. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and like, like spirits that people talk about, you know? I know. But, okay. On that, though, wait, before I, I, I touch on that, um, there is like some criminal activities down there. There was a story that I, I it's not in my notes, but that just came back to me that I, that I came across um, some some criminals pulled off a, a, a heist, like um, a wine heist. So basically, they from the catacombs, they dug into like a cellar underneath like a house. Or I don't know if it was a house, but they stole for like millions of dollars of wine bottles. Wow. Yeah. Um, so like there's stuff like that that happens every now and then. Um, but yeah, TikTok seems to be like very hungry for scary stories uh, about the, the catacombs right now. And, um, you know, most of the reports that you see on TikToks, because there is a lot of scary stories on TikTok. But most of the reports are secondhand reports, and they're also from non-Parisian content creator. Oh, okay. mostly like Americans. <laughs> are we surprised? <laughs> There's actually very few uh, official reports of missing or dead people in the catacombs, despite the overwhelming amount of people on TikTok saying that there is. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know. 
Cetaphils are a very well organized community community that predates social media and viral trends, and they're very respectful of the of the space and very secretive. Mm-hmm. So they don't communicate or share any of the information on on the social platforms uh, or or forums or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's actually a lot of gatekeeping going on. Um, they will try to discourage people from going, especially without experience. And I think part of that is managing the stories that might attract people to go. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of the scary stories will be like, or ghost stories or haunted stories will be like, like, uh, how do you say, like hushed, like keep. Like, yeah. Kept on the down low. like Exactly. And like, and, and myth busted so that it won't attract more people to go. Yeah. Because like, there's no way that the place is not haunted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, even like this whole like, oh, this guy, like he went down there and was found 11 years later because he was looking for booze and he just died from yeah. dehydration. There's there's something more to it. I feel like the bottle was probably planted there. He was maybe even planted 10 feet. <laughs> yeah, you know, to so, make it look like, oh, he was almost there, but like, no, someone killed him probably and <laughs> his body and they're like, oh, God. Um, and like same with the camera. I feel like the camera one. I mean, the camera one was really creepy to watch. I'll, I'll have you watch it later. Oh my God. I'm scared. Yeah. Um, the, you know, I did found quite a few subreddits about it, but what I found like interesting was that most of the subreddits were people asking questions about them and then just being shut down (laughs) by like, no, that's not a thing. You're wrong. Don't believe TikTok. Oh yeah, yeah. So one of them <laughs> was um, an American YouTuber looking for um, some 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 content and some people to interview about the catacombs. So that was her post, and then a few days later, she she posted a reply saying like, "Hey, actually, never mind. Uh, I, people made me understand that this was a very bad idea, and uh, we're quite rude about it. So I'm just gonna find a different subject." interesting but there was no like replies in it so she got like probably direct messages a lot and then there was a few other replies under after uh, under that saying like yeah not doing it's a good idea just move on to something else oh my god right so it is a very well there's something that's being kept on like the hush hush like yeah i think you know for some legitimate and some maybe less legitimate reasons, they want to keep people out of there. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and I think respectfully, too. Yeah. What was that? What happened? <laughs> my cat just jumped out of the closet and it oh scared God. the shit out of me. <laughs> she comes out with a bone in her mouth. Imagine. <laughs> She's like, oh, I shouldn't have gone here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, you know, you you do want some people who have some kind of respect for the dead to go down there. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know you don't want people goofing around and and being super responsible and just doing like some weird pranks for clout because it is also very dangerous down there. Yeah, exactly. I think I could probably like 
obviously like we can't verify any ghost stories and stuff like that. This is all speculation. But at the end of the day, you just don't want to get lost in these tunnels. No, no. And there's some, there's, from what I gathered, there's a community of people who really care deeply about that space and who made it a passion and a home Mm -hmm. and who don't want that taken away from them by some, some idiots who will get hurt. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and in that sense, I understand. Exactly. So, you know, I think if I ever had the opportunity, made the right contacts, had someone who, um, I could trust that would, uh, uh, take me down there and guide me down there or perhaps bring me to a party <laughs> I would definitely go yeah but I wouldn't go um seeking that experience at all costs um because I do want to be maybe mindful and respectful of of people who who made it their their home and their their passion project exactly yeah yeah so that's the Paris catacombs that was super interesting. Did not know anything about it. I actually haven't been to Paris. So I w- I'm super taken back about this whole like tunnel system in Paris and now the fact that there's six million bodies down there. I am blown away by the fact that, I mean, I guess like there's not much they could do about it. Like it's how is it still very much a thing? Mm-hmm. that people just go wander around out there and it's tolerated and accepted. I mean, mm-hmm. great, but also how? Right. I think I, I, I think I'm more like blown away by the disrespectful part of like, just like ripping out bodies, which is fine. Like, okay, you have to replace no, right. thing, but then just like piling them up and then making it a tourist attraction. It's very strange. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. It's very, very strange. Um, like I get the that there was a problem and that was a convenient solution. But I mean, you know, they're not even identified the bodies. They're not even kept intact and whole. Yeah. You know what? I'm sure the people that are shutting this down on social media are the ones who have maybe loved ones buried down there, you know? Or their ancestors. Have, I mean, it probably... wouldn't be loved ones. It would be far, far behind. Yeah, ancestors. yeah. Sorry. Ancestors, bloodlines born and raised there and that I think it's the people who like having parties down there and want to see <laughs> I'm trying to be as respectful as we can be about this topic well I mean I think the space being used having a purpose that cohabits with the the dead resting there is not a problem like I'm someone who believes like there's nothing wrong with a picnic in a cemetery mm-hmm. as long as it's done respectfully yeah um so, you know, is a rave in the catacombs respectful? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Disturbing the dead. Well, maybe, you know, the DJ is good. They'll appreciate it. Yeah, to each their own. As long, But like we can all agree on some disrespectful activity like, you know, vandalism. Yeah, peeing, urine, Yeah, all that stuff. But yeah. Or even like some really like childish ghost hunting. I could find disrespectful mm-hmm. like some teenagers going down there with a camera and like trying to piss off the ghost just to get something cool on camera and stuff like that. I'm like, no, that's not how you, you know, treat the dead like in, in this, in their place of rest. 
Yeah, exactly. Right? So, no, I, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, researching it, it took a turn. I, I will say I got um, completely... Uh, I got got by TikTok. You know, I was like, oh my God, this was insane. There's going to be murder and crime and ghoul and yeah. ghosts. And, but actually, no, it's just, you know, this community of people who um, care a lot about this space and, and who probably feel very threatened by this viral TikTok. It's so funny. Yeah. You see that like on TikTok and you did your research and you're like, oh, it's not much to it. Like in that sense, there's not many that many host, uh, ghost stories and stuff like that. Imagine getting got by it and like traveling to Paris to find out, you know, oh, yeah. like your whole trip about exploring the catacombs. Oh, yeah. And you go there and you're like, oh, OK. Oh, by the way, that dead viral video of um, what, what was her name? American Fee. Mm-hmm. Um, she took it down since interesting isn't it she took it down since and um a lot of the videos that do go viral and the posts that do go viral are eventually taken down probably pressured to be taken down oh my god (laughs) interesting well that's what i had for you today that was really well researched thank you for uh-huh. showing this and i can't wait to go down on that tick 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 rabbit hole as well as watch the youtube video of the camera falling i'll send you the youtube video yeah perfect well thank you for listening and stay tuned next week we might have some more um trends that kind of you want to go into and then you find out it's nothing yeah <laughs> a little foreshadowing fascinating? <laughs> we get really hyped about a spooky subject and then discover that it's was all fine all along <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you for listening bye oh wait was that foreshadowing a little bit yeah Ooh. okay now i'm intrigued okay bye everyone thank you see you next <laughs> week Tell Me Like I'm Stupid is created and produced by us, Sonia and Toma. You can follow us on Instagram at Tell Me Like I'm Stupid. If you'd like to support us, please subscribe and review on your favorite podcast streaming platform. Our cover art was created by Ish. Find him on Instagram at h.e.e.s.h. Thank you for listening.